What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Before you mash that fast forward button to move to the beginning of today's episode, I'd like to quickly tell you about some ways you can support the show and everything that I'm doing right now. You can support the show on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. Again, just go on over to patreon.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. Become a patron for as little as $5 a month. Or you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. It's incredibly important with the way iTunes works. So if you have a second, please leave a rating and or review and subscribe on iTunes. Uh, You can listen to the show on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts, you can check out chasethomaspodcast.com. That is all my previous episode, a link to my newsletter, and all my articles that I've written. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at chase double underscore Thomas. You can like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash chase Thomas writer, or you can just tell a friend you found this independent sports podcast that they should check out too. Thank you for listening. You're all the best. And I think we've reached the point in this intro where my uncle Darren can play me in. All right, let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, it's Monday night. The draft happened this weekend. It happened late last week. Uh, everybody won the draft, according to every NFL piece that I've read in the last 48 hours. So congratulations to all 32 NFL teams on a job well done. You all hit home runs. Everything's great, except the Raiders, because apparently nobody likes what John Gruden's doing. And shout out to Reggie McKenzie um, for being on the same page with John Gruden and uh, taking Colt Miller in the first round. Um, on the line right now to break this all down, Trevor Sikama of pewterreport.com is back on the podcast and are you sick of talking about the draft yet man or are you still ready to actually do a deep dive into this right now i'm i'm legally not allowed to say that i'm sick of the draft so i'll say no yeah legally there's some legal implications oh yeah yeah the lawyers were called out this week no they weren't i wish it would (laughs) it would have been a lot more i guess jam-packed for me if there were but how are the Lightning doing? Because you've turned into a gigantic NHL fan while the Lightning are on their hot streak, and you've taken a little break. From yeah, the yeah. And no, it's, I, I know that we're recording, right? Is the game No, over? it's still, it's it's still going, going on. on currently as we record this. Um, but they were winning okay. when I stepped away, so that's the only reason why I allowed myself to do this podcast. Um, <laughs> I, actually, I actually played hockey growing up. That was the first sport that I played. I played from when I was like three to when I was 13, which is really odd for people who are from Florida. Um, but then when you turn 13, like I was way faster than everybody. And then when you turn 13, you're allowed to like body check people. And I was super small and I was like, nope, not for me anymore. I can't do this. So I definitely could never play hockey. That would never have worked. It's a fun game. It's fun. But like you said, it's, it's allowed me to, to be a, uh, screaming fan on the internet for a little bit and step away from the draft for these last couple of weeks, which has been good. Probably good for my uh, stress level been a little release is it a take to say that hockey games are the best sporting event to see oh no question that's no question 
right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So why isn't hockey more popular? I don't understand. I, is it a Bettman thing? Is it because their logo is looks like it's still from 1995? <laughs> like what? What I, is? I it? don't know. That might have something. To, like I think, I think the narrative around hockey is just like, oh, I don't get it. I don't want to learn. That's a Canadian sport. All this stuff, and it it, I think it definitely hurts hockey that America is not the best in the world at it. You know, so like. You know, the Olympics are fun and people kind of like get into it, but oh no, like we lose to Canada. The Olympics are not fun. As a oh yeah, no, I'm out on the Olympics. I will never watch the Olympics. Okay, well, I I can't help it there. Are you talking about like how do people sit there? Oh, Oh, everything. I don't care. Why are we still doing this? The reason we did this is because we didn't have better sports thousands of years ago that's why we started Look, the Olympics, bro, is that we hadn't figured out basketball hockey football everything else we have those sports now so we can cancel i the Olympics. only get to watch curling once every four years so i've never watched a curling match i still don't know what it is man. i don't care you, man you, you haven't lived until you're six beers deep watching a curling final no because i guarantee you there's another sporting event on at that moment because i i hate I kind of, well, I don't know. I kind of respect the fact that they do the Winter Olympics when it's like a really dull period in yes. the sporting calendar. Yes. Shout out to them for knowing that. In the Summer Olympics, there's a reason that it's in the summer. Dull period. No one's watching. I mean, it's really just baseball and like what is going on with the NBA free agency. That's it. And they take advantage of it. And shout out to the MLS fans. I know that the summer is a big month. But um, yeah, I just, I don't care. I don't think anyone really actually That's a cares. We all pretend. Oh, okay. I mean, all you got to do is care for two and a half weeks. No, I don't. I don't have to care at all because there are great sports available at but all But you just times. said that they were, it's just it. a lull period. I'm, I'm boxing you into your own argument baseball. here, dude. No, but I'm saying I would rather watch um, a random Colorado Rockies, St. Louis. Oh, Rockies that was game. a good, those are good two random teams. I was going to say like Diamondbacks, Mets or something. That's there you go. But they're both good this year. So definitely picking that over the Olympics for sure. Only if Syndergaard's pitching. I don't think and that's about the extent of my baseball knowledge. Or DeGrom, or Zach Wheeler, or Steven Matz. I mean, there's all. I mean, Patrick Corbin's undefeated. The Diamondbacks' rotation's you, amazing because none of them throw fastballs. They're all just... Right now, you are, you, right now you are saying names that don't mean anything to me. Okay. Well, see, I have... Uh, all right, Trevor. That's what the main point of this podcast, is that we expand both of our horizons so that we are well-equipped to talk about all major sports and not the Olympics, because no one actually cares about the Olympics. So, um, sorry for the people that loved it and were looking for Olympics talk in this podcast, because <laughs> this isn't the wrong place for that, because that's not what's happening. Well, we talked about it. You just talked about it negatively. That's true. Um, on a positive note, Baker Mayfield went number one overall to the Yeah, that was Browns. the thing. Didn't Did not see that coming. I truly did not see that coming. And now here we are after the draft. I find it kind of fascinating how like we have more information and more abilities to be plugged in with teams. And yet most of the teams at the top in the top 10 have kind of released now that it's after the draft that Mayfield was all of their quarterback ones basically. And like, nobody knew that nobody knew that. I I mean, it was kind of leaked that like, okay, Denver liked him. They might've taken him at five. The jets liked him at three, but I, I mean, it comes out Cleveland had to be number one and the Giants all but said they would have taken Mayfield had he been there. Like uh, the whole, I don't believe that. I all. totally believe that. Yes. No way. 
I think Saquon Barkley was always the pick. I there. think that it would have been Mayfield. Because I, know, man. I still think is it a crazy take to say that they're still re- like Gettleman's going to really regret taking Barkley over Darnold there? Because I think it's I was pretty annoyed at that well, pick. It, like it I just, mean, yeah, I mean, I was running back, I, I was I, running back in number 2 overall is Yeah, just, I was triggered. Ugh, yeah. I can't. I was triggered that a running back went number 2 overall, but like it's you know, the thing that's going to happen is Saquon Barkley is going to have like his first 100-yard game next year. And people mm-hmm. are just going to at me and be like, see, told you it was re- this guy said he wasn't a good pick. Okay, I, I'm not saying like Saquon's like not a good running back. I just it's dumb if a running back goes two overall. The, the NFL already proves that by where they allocate their money, where they value which positions are the most valuable, because those are the ones that get paid the most guaranteed money. Well, it's also just the shelf life. Right. It's just if you can get 15 right. years of Sam Darnold versus five years of elite Saquon Barkley. I, it's just Darnold. That was time. that was the big argument with because I actually had Geis as my top running back uh, going into the draft. And oh wow, so you love the Redskins? Right? Well, sort of. Um, the value for Geis, absolutely. But like the thing with Geis is like hmm. he's a guy who gets a ton of yards after contact. Um, will put his like heart and soul into every single carry he has. And the, the thing that people came back at me with is, well, he's not going to survive in the league. I don't care. None of uh, hardly any of these running backs get past their first contract with the same team anyways. So what does yeah. it matter? You want, you're not supposed to invest a, a pick like that into a top guy anyways. So if you're use if you're correctly using a day two pick on a running back, what do I care if they don't last five years? You know, they, yeah. they never do anyway. So give me the guy who's going to give me the best chance to do that for the longest time while he's healthy. That was my thing, guys. Especially when you need three running backs anyway to survive. Every yes. team needs a trio. Yes. So the idea of just at least it's not to do just a Barkley and at York. least like oh my god, it's so dumb. I just I the can't thing get that, over it. But the thing I, that bothered me oh, the most about the Giants was I I had heard before the draft from multiple people that the Giants mm-hmm. were offered by first by the Jets before they moved up to number three, and then I think by the Bills multiple first round picks for the number two overall pick and they said no Mm -hmm. both times obviously they ended up staying pat and so if now we look at that if either of those things are true and you not only used one first round pick on a running back but multiple then you've got a problem with value you've got a big problem with value you don't really know how to do the draft is my thoughts Yeah, um, not great. And Gettleman, though, is a quote machine, so I'm going to listen to everything he says at all times. Um, can we go back, though, because I kind of want to go down the list of like, sure, the top picks sure. in the, like, first round. That By just, the way, um, you saying Gettleman's a quote machine, I, I have to say that I believe Gettleman said that Saquon Barkley was like touched by the hand of God. I believe that's like the quote oh, that he said. Perfect. <laughs> and we're not like, I think both of us agree that Saquon Barkley is going to be a really right. good player. Like he's yes. an awesome player. And I'm okay with saying that even like Bucky Brooks, who I love and Daniel Jeremiah, like their move the sticks podcast is one of my favorites. And Bucky Brooks is just a must listen to must read guy. And he had Saquon as his number one player for months now. But at the same time, the number one running back, I still don't think is even close to being as valuable as the number two quarterback in that draft. Or the and, number three in this draft. Or the number three. Yeah. And I just, I can't get over that. Like, I think both things can be true. That Saquon was the best overall player in this draft. 
but also that you don't take him because he's a running back at number two, especially when you have a 38-year-old Eli Manning. It's just... I don't buy like the whole resurgence stuff with him too. This whole offseason narrative of like Eli's got a couple more years and that he's got Gettleman in and Shermer is going to help things a lot. And I think Shermer was a really good hire for them and everything like that. But he got benched last year and it, it was for Geno Smith. And I understand that it was a crazy season in New York, but I, I, I don't, I, I did not see a lot last year that seemed to indicate that Eli Manning's got multiple years of good football. Right. Him. And the Giants are just gonna be really. Bad I mean, if again, you're the Giants, if love. you're the Giants, you're hoping you're not picking anywhere near two, anyway. But I think they will because the NFC. I mean, the NFC is stacked. Like the right. NFC no, no, no. Opt- but like, I'm saying, yeah. like, from the Giants' management standpoint, you hope you're not picking that high, like, obviously, ever again. And so, yeah. why wouldn't you take advantage of picking number two by picking a quarterback? Especially considering next year's draft is significantly worse from a quarterback talent yeah. perspective from every everything we've seen thus far. So I just, if Eli has a bad year and they're back in the top three, it's just, it's going to be ugly because I just don't think Barkley's going to move the needle like that. And it's, he's going to be a good player and that's okay, but he'll probably not be in the league in 2025 or a, like, it's just Sam Darnold though, the, crazy thing about all of that is that he went to the other new york team and i still have some questions about jeremy bates as an offensive coordinator and what happened with morton there and all that but um i think their defense is gonna be amazing their secondary is just absolutely loaded they i think the jets had a really good draft overall they got a miami tight end which for whatever reason always seems to work out for everybody and um they figure to be a better team this year and uh we'll see but they got darnold and Darnold, the great thing about him is he's just a big time guy. Like he, the difference between like him and Mark Sanchez is like Darnold's shown that he can come from behind and like his late half throws and just the way he like steps up in the clutch. I mean, clutch is a thing and it works for Darnold and he's going to be in a lot of high pressure situations because he's playing in New York, but he just seems like a kid who's going to acclimate a lot better with all that said. I never bought into him going to Cleveland. Like there was a lot of talk. Remember that picture of him with like his parent, uh, John Dorsey, the Browns GM with his parents. And it's like, see, it's happening. I will say, I didn't think it was me, Darnold, but I thought it was me, Josh Allen. Like everything just like, <laughs> which I think might've killed, uh, Sam Monson, friend of the pod, Sam Monson of PFF, um, who, uh, not a fan of Josh Allen and they PFF shout out to them as well is they had Baker Mayfield as the number one quarterback. There you go. Long. And I think even they were kind of surprised that the Browns actually did it, but I think they've gotten really panned as a whole for taking Mayfield. But like he was the highest graded passer in PFF. Uh, the last he has the, he has the number one and number two most efficient passing years in college football history during in his, his two years at Oklahoma. Rating is incredible, which is like the biggest indicator whether or not you're going to succeed at the next level. He like obviously he can, he's mobile. He can move around. Like everything about him just screams really good player. But I think I, I don't know. I guess it's the Browns. Like if it was the Giants who took him number one overall, I don't think there'd be as much backlash. But I, I, I don't know. I think he's gonna no. Be I good. just going back to Sam Darnold. Just something I wanted to say there. You know, people. It's easy to like Sam Darnold for a lot of the things that he does well that are unique, right? I mean playing well when the lights are brightest i mean that's definitely a thing especially when you're a quarterback man uh, nerves are a real thing 
Um, coming up clutch is a real thing, and you want that from your quarterback. And I, I do think that that's a, why Mayfield went number one is because they bought into his personality and his confidence, and I think that's a, that was a big selling point for him. The thing with Sam Darnold is he's definitely had a lot of really good moments, but Sam Darnold also has a good amount of bad moments that not enough people, I think, were are – I don't know if talking about or like taking seriously. I don't know if those are the right phrases for it, but Darnold's mechanics are wacky. They really are. And he has some throws with these wacky mechanics where he'll put it right where it needs to. And you go, wow, look at that. He can be pinpoint with not ideal, um, not ideal technique. And that's nice because pocket doesn't always have to be perfect. He doesn't always have to have his feet set. He can just chuck the ball and sometimes put it where he needs to. But on the other hand, there are some easy throws that he just straight up sails on guys. And there are some times where he will throw the ball and it will either get intercepted or should have been intercepted way too many times last year. And the thing about the NFL is that obviously the competition only gets better when you go from the NCAA to the NFL. And if you turn the ball over as a quarterback, that's the easiest way to get yourself put on the bench. And so I like Sam Darnold. I like the things that he can do. But people, I don't think people were honest enough about how boom and bust Sam Darnold can be. Um, because it's even last year, man, there were a lot of moments where he was just super boom or bust. And in the NFL, the D line only gets faster and the DBs only get smarter. So he's really going to have to clean a lot of that stuff up early, especially if he's going to be a guy who's going to start right away. Now he probably doesn't have to. I don't think he will because yeah, it's McCown. Yeah, They have like, like, that's a good situation. You have Teddy yeah, right. ahead of him. Like he's not going to be thrown to the fire. And a lot of it, what you're talking about, it's like a lot of bad decisions last year. Like he had a lot of picks, but that wasn't the case two years ago. So it's kind of hard to get a read on what kind of decision maker he's going to be at the next level. But it does seem like the Jets offense, especially last year, was like geared towards conservative play calling. And um, uh, it was a very quarterback friendly system, but Morton left. But then again, Jeremy Bates was the quarterback's coach, so he just got elevated. And I would assume Darnold's going to get the same sort of easy throws. He's going to have guys who like Bilal Powell and everybody else who are going to get in space and do things after the catch and all that kind of stuff. So I think he's going to have an easy transition. It's not going to be like he's just asked to do everything at once and a lot's thrown at him i think he's gonna he's gonna have time and it wouldn't surprise me if we don't see him till late in the season because you have bridgewater mccown in front of him which would be ideal which is again i think you know i think the jets really lucked out because they got to take a guy with a really high ceiling who they don't have to play right away which is good i mean with, with if may let's say if mayfield went to the jets i think it's a different narrative right because instead you've got a super outspoken confident dude yeah who is like the second Bridgewater or McCown or whoever it is starts to struggle, Mayfield, the narrative around Mayfield will take a life of it, would have taken a life of its own in New York. And people would have already said like, do they put Mayfield in? Is this Mayfield's time? He's probably like scratching to get in, Bob, all this stuff. And um, I think Darnold going to New York was was really great for the Jets and for Sam Darnold. So I mean, obviously, you know, coaching will will tell the tale there. But in terms of timing, I think this is good for both parties. Counterpoint: The Jets GM also drafted Christian Hackenberg in the second round. So, um, are we? Worried I have no about defense his... <laughs> That is my biggest concern. Is uh, Mike? Uh, how do you pronounce this dude's last name? I've never heard someone say his Which name out dude? loud. So I don't, 
their GM, Mike McLuhan. Uh, is I can't remember McLu- what his last a, name. I think it's McLuhan, right? There is Scott McLuhan of now the Browns, who is in the war room and it's like working side by side with uh, John Dorsey, it turns out, in Cleveland in their 97 person front oh, office. Oh, is but it? Um, Mike- do you say it McCannon? I think you just say it McCannon. McCannon? Is yeah. that what it is? Okay. McGannon. It, see, it's M A C C A G N A N. Yeah, I think it's McCannon. I think. Let's call him Mac Dog. You- All right, Mike Mac Dog, <laughs> and and he uh, he drafted Christian Hackenberg in the yeah, second not great. round, and he will probably never see the field in the NFL. So that's a little concerning. That's we what hope. I will say it's not an indictment on Sam Darnold, but I wouldn't feel great about my general manager drafting Christian Hackenberg and then taking another quarterback after that. Like that should have been enough to be like, what are you doing there? Maybe you shouldn't take another quarterback. Just get uh, some veterans in there because you may not be the best at identifying young quarterback talent. But who knows? I hope Darnold works out because the league is better when there are more good quarterbacks. And we saw last year after so many went down that uh, we don't want to see more. uh, This is going to piss off some fan bases, but whatever. Um, We don't want to see more Case Keenums and Nick Foles and guys like that in the playoffs. Good stories, but I mean... Can we all agree that we would have rather seen Carson Wentz and, uh, I don't know, a healthy Sam Bradford or Teddy Bridgewater? Well, I mean, I, I'm always down for seeing a healthy Teddy Bridgewater because he's my son, but, you yeah. know. It's over for him, right? Uh, you will never hear me say those words. Hey, I had the... No, Teddy is my guy and I will ride for him, but the fact that he is now backing up McCann, I just don't know what the path is for him. I guess taking James's job next year. It should Tampa? have been... Wow, dude. Uh... It should, <laughs> it should have been going to the Jags. That's what the path should have been, but the Jags blew it. No, you know who should have gone to the Jags? It's Nick Foles. I don't know why he he's so he's such a nice guy because why did he not immediately demand a trade? He won his ring. Go start somewhere else. Like why is he going back to the bench role? Yeah, but I mean, like maybe when yeah, but like ready, he won his but... ring, he's gonna get paid, and now he doesn't have to do anything for the rest of his career, and instead he just gets to get paid. It's it's almost the smart decision when you think about it. I guess. As long as you know. don't want to play. Rather... No. <laughs> what if that was his last start? I mean, it might be. No, it won't be. No, no, it won't. But that would be amazing if that was like his whole game plan of like, I just had my Dude, run and now really? that's it. He should have retired. Top and I'm just you know? catching them checks. Yes. Yeah. I mean, didn't he almost retire before he went to the Eagles? Or the I Chiefs mean, he was coached by Chiefs? Jeff Fisher. So I think everyone contemplates retirement after that, you know? <laughs> That is true. Um, if you had to rank the quarterbacks based on where they all went, like one to five of most likely to succeed and most likely to bust, um, how would you Oh, rank? wow. Um, most likely to bust is without a doubt Josh Allen. Um, yes, that's, I would agree. That's easily five. Their sneaky offensive coordinator hire this offseason to replace Rick Dennison, Brian Dabble of Alabama, who also came from the NFL, where I think he was a tight ends coach with the Pats at one point, but he was an offensive coordinator before. Not great. He's not a great offensive mind. I didn't watch Alabama this fall and go, that guy needs another job. <laughs> and the last offensive coordinator to come out of Alabama and go to the NFL ruined the NFL's best offense. Steve Sarkeesian is who oh, I'm we know. oh, we know. Oh, we know. We <laughs> know who you're talking about. So I'm not exactly thrilled about the idea of josh allen no it's a terrible it's a it's uh, a terrible strategy um josh allen's five i i think 
I think I'm going to say that Lamar Jackson is four just because I do not trust Baltimore. Ooh. Um, interesting. Okay. But I like I like Jackson. I do, but that offense is going to have to get way different because right now their starting quarterback is Joe Flacco. So like there could not be more of contrasting styles between a starter and a backup. So. Well, you still have Robert Griffin there too. Oh, that's true. So I don't really know what they're doing then. So I guess that's why he's number four. I don't, I don't really trust the, the Baltimore Ravens with offense. So I think, that but I, I just, that's not a team that I trust with. Marty offense. Morningweg does have a good track record with mobile quarterbacks. And so does Greg Roman, who is their assistant head coach. So now. are they just like, kind of like going to work with tell Joe Flacco to leave? I don't think they have to. His back is in bad shape. He was terrible last year. I think the crowd is not going to get like his leash. His leash was already pretty short, but if he really struggles to start next year, which is probably what's going to happen. Cause I don't see like a career resurgence at this point for Joe Flacco. Um, I think we're going to see Lamar Jackson faster than people. Like I mean, that'd be cool with me. Uh, he was really I, I bad think, last year. I think Josh Rosen is three only because the, Ooh. Okay. I think the offense around Josh Rosen, especially the offensive line, is really bad. And I guess he's not going to start right away because they have Glennon and no, I think and Sam Bradford. I, uh, well, Sam Bradford's going to get hurt. And I love Sam Bradford when he's healthy. And like, just go back to that week one game last year against the Saints in the opener. He was amazing. And he's really good when healthy, but it's just he's never going to be healthy. Right, like, right. See, the, our last picture of him was when he was like hobbling off the field and tried to play for the Vikings. And it's just he has like just a bad knee yeah. now. It's just like a yep. bad knee. It's like the Louis C.K. thing that I said all the time where it's just like you're old and your legs are just shitty now. So you can't do this. Yeah. anymore. <laughs> no, there's no. So like I like Rosen. Rosen was my QB one, actually. But I just don't. Mm. I just think it's a, it's a dangerous situation in Arizona because I think that they have so many things that they need to upgrade especially on their offensive line i really do think that it, it is only i mean larry fitzgerald is obviously larry fitzgerald but for how much longer you know and so like at that point it would just be rosen and david johnson and an offensive line that needs a big makeover uh, and then a receiving core that needs a lot more uh meat to it i guess i will say that um i would but he is going to a situation with mike mccoy who Peyton Manning called like one of the, the did he say the best offensive coordinator he's ever uh, was this oh McCoy yeah. McCoy's offenses are also like pretty intricate which Josh Rosen's a smart yeah. dude so that'll work out for him um I that I don't doubt that part of the marriage but I think the supporting cast I'm just worried about so do you know what I'm worried about what though? I don't think Rosen's politics are gonna mesh very well with Arizona I mean I don't really know anything about about arizona politics so there you go um i'm not <laughs> i think we'll see how that goes but I think, um i trust steve Kime. okay i think he's i mean he's the best gm in cardinals history seriously like if you look up his record as general manager he is the best general manager which is a kind of sad but also Kime's really good at his job so i'm not really worried about what's going on in Arizona. They just had a really old roster. We forget that a couple years ago we were picking them to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC. And then Carson Palmer got hurt. And like Carson Palmer was an MVP candidate just a few years ago. And David Johnson was unbelievable two years ago and he got injured. And that Cardinals team may have made the playoffs last year if Johnson didn't get hurt. And they made a couple mistakes where they let Calais Campbell go. And I think they bet on Kim Dichie, which did not work out. And 
it was just a really old roster and now they have a lot of holes because they let a lot of people go tyron matthew and everybody else they have like let me check the numbers yes negative three receivers on the roster right now (laughs) and that's a problem but i just i trust kime and i think steve wilkes is gonna be a really good get like i think he's gonna be a really good first time head coach in arizona and just what carolina's defense was with him just with one year i think the Cardinals defense who were a top 10 unit last year, I don't think they're going to be falling off that much. So Rosen will have the opportunity to play behind it. A good defense, a shaky offensive line, a great running back and a great offensive coordinator. So it's a pretty stable situation. Like this team at worst, it's like six and 10. And I just, they have to improve the cast around him though. Like you, I mean, you, you obviously said the things there and that was part of the elements, but like, I've the more that I've covered the NFL, the more that I like can't can't take that stuff for granted, like that it's just going to happen. And so a lot of times I just can't. And so that's why I think Rosen would be three for me. But I mean, yeah, there there's light to his situation. I think Mayfield would be two uh, just because even though I like Mayfield and I have faith in his abilities, it is still Cleveland. Hugh Jackson is still their head coach. There's still a power struggle between who's going to call the offense between him and Todd Haley. And then like, I don't even, I like, I don't know what's going to happen beyond this year because Hugh Jackson has clearly just been a puppet for this entire off season. So like, I don't even know how much of a head coach he is. I don't know what the plan is afterwards. I don't know who's going to take over at head coach. Is Todd Haley secretly the guy who's just going to take over no matter what? Are they going to bring in a different dude? I, that's my thing. I, I believe in Mayfield and I even like a lot of the things that the, the, the Browns are doing, you know, like I love them bringing in Nick Chubb as well. I think Antonio Callaway is a risk player that I mean, could pay off huge for them. They already, can you dude? they have, <laughs> I love that their wide receiving core includes Josh Gordon, and Antonio, Callaway. Antonio Callaway. Oh my God. Corey Coleman. Who's really good when he Jarvis plays. Landry. I know? mean, Oh my God, what a weird. Right. Unit. And so like, I think there's a lot of talent on the Browns and I think that's even, you know, I think the offensive line is even pretty okay in Cleveland too. Um, I just don't know what's I going mean, on at yeah. the top. If Joe Thomas didn't retire, like it's basically a perfect situation for Mayfield because he's such a good clean pocket quarterback. And it's not like the Browns don't have a bunch of weapons. Like he's going to have a lot yep. to work with. Yep. And then, and they added a great corner in Denzel Ward, who is a huge position of need for them. Um, they have a great uh, defensive line, Miles Garrett and everybody. Like if they had drafted Chubb at four, I mean, that would have been pretty cool too, just to have him up. And who's the other guy? Um, their other good edge rusher. I'm blanking on his name. You mean Miles Garrett? No, Miles Garrett. Oh, um, Ogba, Emmanuel Ogba. Ogba, yeah. Like if you were able to do like third down plays where it's just those three up front, and you could push like Chubb or Dude, you could push. Yeah, middle. you could push. You could push uh, Bradley Chubb into the middle. Oh my god, that would be pretty crazy. But Denzel Ward is a really great pick mm-hmm. for them and he can play 35 yards off the line just like greg williams Jeez, likes it. god please save save <laughs> save ward and please save jabril pepper's career um and then I, the number one guy would be sam darnold for the reason that we talked about before i just think you have sam darnold number no, one yeah i mean in this situ- a jets quarterback most likely to yeah succeed. um i just okay. like the situation obviously um and like I, I mean, I talked about this before that he is a very boomer bust guy, and that still that element still exists. But I think it's a really good situation that he's in. I think that he's in the best situation. So maybe I ranked him situationally rather than mm-hmm. rather than taking talent enough into account of who I thought was more going to succeed. But 
Well, situation. I, yeah, I, that sure. would be. I, I guess that would be my top five situations for all of these guys. The way that it that it ended up. All right. Well, we both. Um, I'll, I'll go one to five. I'll flip okay. it for you. My one is Rosen. I think he went to the perfect situation. I, I like the I situation the car, I with him and McCoy car, as long as they don't kill him. I don't think they will. I think he's gonna be really good. And I think it, that's the other thing is like we kind of forgot about his shoulder stuff because wasn't he having like nerve damage concerns? Uh, ish. I know he had like concussions too, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's taken a beating and, but I, I just, whenever I've watched him, I'm just like, yeah, this dude just looks like an NFL quarterback. And I think McCoy got a raw deal in Denver last year where he had to work with Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch. And uh, it just, it, it wasn't fair. And he got let go and they went with Musgrave, who's like a Colorado native and whatever. But um, I just think it's going to be a really good situation for him. And I believe in the Cardinals front office. I believe in their structure. I believe in where they're going. Um, I don't know. I just I think that's a really good situation. And if I really had to bet on one of these quarterbacks to pan out in a big way for a long time, it's Rosen. And then two, I have Mayfield. I just think he's too good. But I, I can't put a Cleveland or a Jets quarterback number one on my most likely to succeed list i just can't get it out of my head of the history there with the two teams and i know it's not fair because it's different front offices and everything else but would it surprise you if the jets and the browns had different head coaches next year along with different front office personnel in the next two years i hope not for these quarterbacks i don't but man. like not whether or not you hope not could you see it is that I mean, not yeah that's that's bet? why i you know i love mayfield but i just have my doubts about the situation because it's right now it's just set up so odd so odd yeah but like kime's not going anywhere and i think wilkes is going to be the coach there a long time i think this all works i think that's a very uh, I, I don't think they're going to make any big decisions there i think it's going to stay and then i have Lamar Jackson three and Darnold four. Okay. I think Lamar Jackson's going to be really good in Baltimore. I he's, hope you're right, man. Like, I really do. I love Lamar Jackson. They added a lot of wide receiver talent. They got um, uh, Ozzie Newsome in his last draft, got two Alabama guys. Um, had to do so he went out in style. Had to do it. <laughs> had to do it. <laughs> um, but they are loaded offensively. Alex Collins is a really good back now. And I don't know. I think once Flacco is out of there like it's just gonna be a really fun must-see offense and we know the defense is always gonna be good so uh i just think uh i believe in i I think we don't value organizational stability enough when thinking about quarterbacks and i think rosen and lamar go into organizations that are very stable win a lot of games have fantastic gms have on one hand one coach who won a super bowl already and then the other a uh, head coach who was highly sought after coached a great top 10 unit in Carolina and just seems like a potential home run first tire. So I don't know that I think those all matter. And Darnold, I'm just not betting on a jets quarterback and Josh Allen, man, there is like, is there any chance I feel bad for Bill's no. fans. They got to the playoffs this year. Josh Allen gonna... would have to be completely different of a quarterback than he's ever been ever to be good in the NFL. So Sam, told me this in the pod last week and i think it's a really good point is like josh allen had to go to the perfect situation where they are going to have to basically start from scratch and build a quarterback out of whatever josh allen is because he doesn't have a skill set to play in today's nfl like his accuracy issues are real those don't generally change 
So you're going to have to like rebuild so much about who he is from the ground up. Like, I don't believe in the Bills and Brian Dabble to do that. No. This is not going to go well. I could see that point, but I I don't know if I fully agree with it. I feel like I would have rather had him go to a team where he just didn't have to start, like a team that was already... Oh, no, that's what he's saying. Like, he needs to, like, sit for, like, five oh, years. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, the perfect spot for, for Josh Allen was the Steelers. Oh. That was yeah. the perfect... Or the Pats. That's the perfect team for him. That would have been the perfect team for him. Yeah. Because he's, he's, he's not starting... He's not starting for another, for three years. I think he's starting this. No, year. I'm saying... Well, I mean, for the Bills, yeah, absolutely. But I'm saying if yeah. he went to the Steelers... He would, oh, I mean, well, we don't really know because Roethlisberger threatens retirement every No, season. he wouldn't. I mean, I think it'd be two years minimum that we'd see Josh Allen starting on the field, which would be, again, ideal. Okay. And my thoughts. Hmm. Hashtag my thoughts. Who do you think overall won the draft? Oh, um, I mean, I thought... A lot of people are talking about the Bears. The Bears, the Bears killed it. I think the Titans killed it. Um... Can I say the well? The Titans had four picks. I, I mean, but you, I mean, congratulations on more linebackers. Like we should have seen Mike Vrabel taking some linebackers early, but like I thought, I mean, cool. I thought they had great picks. Um, I thought the Patriots actually had quite a few. A lot of people didn't like really good draft. picks. A lot of six round I mean, picks. A lot of listen, seventh round picks. Honestly, day three picks barely matter. So like I'm okay. focusing on the three guys that they took at the top. Isaiah Winston, Michelle Duke Dawson. I thought that they were perfect players for them to take. So that's kind of my thoughts. The Jaguars draft, I think, is super, oh. super interesting. I love yeah, the Jags. Because like just adding more to the defensive line. Didn't know how they to just think about it because they didn't really address needs until day three. And I'm over here saying, look, man, just make your strengths even greater. And that's what they did, yep. I think, on all of the phases in which they drafted. Uh, so, I mean, like Ronnie Harrison's the perfect safety to play in this kind of secondary. Taven Bryan. DJ Chark is going to be really yeah, good for them. Like, he's right. going to blow the top off defenses. Like, he's super fast. Like, he's the perfect replacement um, and a, a much cheaper option than what they would have had to do with right. Robinson and uh, Hearn. And so. obviously, Bryan yeah. just is another weapon in that pass rush rotation. So, and they got Tanner Lee to replace uh, Blake Bortles. Oh, boy, did they ever. <laughs> no, the Bears had a good draft, too. Uh, former Nebraska superstar. The. The Bears, you know, it's interesting because Ryan Pace, youngest general manager in football, and he got a lot of crap last year because he apparently has like this penchant for going uh, after non-Power 5 guys. So it's like the alternate universe of the Bengals drafts where they're like only Power 5 guys, which has worked, by the way, because the Bengals, um, generally speaking, draft really well. And it just takes, for whatever reason, two to three years for them to pan out. Shout out to Denard and William Jackson III and all these guys. Like, that's why I think John Ross is going to have, like, a breakout year this year if he stays healthy. Um, It just, for whatever reason, takes a year or two for these guys. Unless you're, like, Carl Lawson, who was awesome in his first year as a fourth-round pick. But um, he took a lot of swings at guys from, like, middle of nowhere state. And we'll see what happens with uh, the 2017 draft for him. But didn't look great. And this year, exact opposite. He went Roquan in the first round. Like he definitely went with like hot commodities and it's, it's a good, good player, but I will say, I, I feel like the bears, um, I'm going to curse again. The bears are fucked <laughs> because it doesn't matter because the, the green Bay Packers 
I think they won the draft. They needed a lot of help. Yeah, I was going to say, the Packers are another one that nobody's really talking about. Having and guess a good what? Draft, they had Aaron Rodgers is back. They got Jimmy Graham. Aaron Rodgers is back. They cut Jordy Nelson. I mean, he, he's like, whatever. It's probably going to be bad in Oakland for him. I don't think it's going to be a big deal losing Jordy Nelson. He was great for a really long time. They added Josh Jackson. They just added, like, their secondary was their biggest issue. And you know what? They moved on from Dom Capers. And I think Mike, Mike Pettin is going to be a really good um, defensive coordinator for them. They got Muhammad Wilkerson. None of, that, none of that has to do with the draft. But the Packers are going to be really good next year. And the Vikings are going to be really good yep. next year. The Lions, they added a bunch of run game help because their running game has been absolute shit for the last 15 years. They took a center in the first round who's really good at run blocking. They added another running back. They are going all out about fixing their run game because Matt Stafford does not need to do it all himself. They still have Marvin Jones, who is the best downfield threat in the game right now. The Bears don't really have anywhere to go because the Vikings Hold up, what? are definitely going to be awesome. Marvin what? Jones the best downfield threat in the game right now? I think he is. You don't think so? Who do you have above him? Is it Mike Evans? I mean, did Julio die? Or I mean, Julio... I, uh, no, not anymore, because Steve Sarkeesian still exists. <laughs> so that's gone. Uh, did Odell die? Odell Beckham die? Or... I mean, we'll see. He has Eli. That's true. I think I think I think Odell and Julio are still the best downfield receivers in the game. But I I I okay. I giving you crap. I mean Jones is good. He is good. Okay. I think PFF had Marvin Jones as their number one deep threat guy. Yeah, well, I could be wrong. I don't know, man. Marvin Jones is really good. Um, I like him a lot. Another absolute home run for the Bengals front office. The Bengals front office doesn't get enough credit. Is it because they only have three people total in it? Maybe. Listen, but man. They're really good. Listen, man, I feel like the Bengals draft really well all the time. Yes. And yet they can't make any progress in the playoffs, and they've had the same coach for 18 years. What do you think the problem is? But um, I don't really know what their problem is. No, it's Marvin well, Lewis. To be fair. I set that up for you. No, I don't think that's no, true. It is. I don't think no, that's it true. Is. No, it's got to be. I think you want us to roll with Marvin Lewis. We saw them. They were going to be the favorite if Andy Dalton did not get hurt that year. They, like if AJ McCarron did not start that playoff game, the AFC was wide open. The Bengals were absolutely stacked. They had an amazing offensive line. This is before their offensive line got taken apart by everybody else in free agency. Their defense was incredible. That team was built to win the AFC that year. They added a lot of and Dalton. Got they had hurt. a lot of really good pieces, man. I I I I like every single player that they added this year in the draft. Every single yeah. one of them. I I love it. I mean, when Tyler Croft and if they can get, uh, is it Tyler Croft or it's Tyler Eifert? Are they both Tyler's? I don't know. Croft and Eifert, the two tight ends. Dalton loves throwing the tight ends and he's really good when he finds Croft. Like he had like 138 passer rating when he was targeting Croft last year. Um, Joe Mixon, as problematic as he is, is a really good running back and a really good pass catcher and he's going to be really good for them. They still have AJ Green. Um, I still think the Bengals are they're in line for a big time turnaround. They address the left tackle situation with Cordy Glenn. I think they're really good next year and I couldn't, I could see them winning the AFC North and um, we'll see, but what was the original point of all this? Oh yeah. The bears. I don't think it really matters because I don't think there's any way for them to really make huge improvements in the win loss column this year or even in the next two. I don't know. Years. I don't know if I agree with that. 
The okay. NFL. Who's the, falling off? The Packers the, or the Vikings? Look, man, on, on paper, I cannot argue with you there because the Vikings are obviously a better football roster and the Green Bay Packers have Aaron Rodgers and the Detroit Lions have um, Matt Stafford. I blanked there for a second. Mm-hmm. So, like, on paper, it's hard to, like, see wins there. But I'll just say no league has the turnover like the NFL does. And, like, yeah, I, I actually really like the moves that the Bears made last year. I really like the moves the Bears made this year. And so I have to think that the more good moves that they make, the more they're going to get closer to that line of, hey, we can swing games now. Like, this isn't just that, oh, the Bears are bad thing. This is a, oh, okay, well, now they might have a chance to steal. And we see that happen all the time. Just like on paper, it's easy to be like, yeah, every time they play the Packers, they're going to lose. Every time they play the Vikings, they're going to lose. I mean, they're they're playing inferior teams. But – I'm just saying the the the, the win loss turnover in the NFL is just like so stupidly close to fifty percent, like five hundred. Um, that when a team like the Bears starts making a lot of good moves, like they have, I can't, I can't necessarily just be like, yeah, it's all going to be in vain. I just can't. Uh, I can't honestly say that. Thankfully, I'm here to go ahead and tell you that uh, it's not going to pay off. But I guess a lot of it has to do with like what Trubisky turns out to oh, be. Oh, no question. And we'll no see question. with yeah. a new offensive mind and Matt Daggy, like maybe he's the difference maker and Trubisky's awesome. But um, I don't know. I just It's really hard for me to go against the Vikings and the Packers for the next three years. I think they're just going to both be powerhouses for the foreseeable future. And the Lions are a wild card, but they're never bad. The Lions are always like worst case scenario, like seven wins with Stafford yep. and friends. So I don't know. You know what a sneaky good draft? And now like I think the AFC West is gonna really suck next year. It would not surprise me if the Raiders are bad, the um Chiefs are bad. Like they did not have a great draft and they lost a lot in free agency, they lost a lot of defensive starters. Um a little nervous about the Chiefs next year. I mean Mahomes was fun, but I don't know. We'll see. He'll be good. He's gonna be really good. He's gonna be really good. Because he's really fun. The Broncos nailed their draft. I think even though they did not get Baker, who that's who I wanted him to go to over anyone, I would have loved to see him in with Elway and that offense, and I think he would have been really fun in Denver. But I do think Case Keenum's going to be really good, at least in year one. And I think Bradley Chubb with Von Miller is absolutely perfect. I think Cortland Sutton is like a clone of Demarius Thomas, which is really good for them, and he gets to learn under him and all that. Um, Deshaun Hamilton's a really good slot guy, so that will really be good. good. Even Emmanuel yep. Sanders. I, I just Joey Jules probably gonna be like an awesome fourth round linebacker for them for like the next 10 years. I just, I love what they did. And I think the Broncos replenished a lot. And I think um, they are in the driver's seat to win the AFC West next year. And all that said is the chargers are going to disappoint me. I already know like everything looks good. They drafted Derwin James to an already stacked secondary. The chargers had the best secondary in football last year and they added Derwin James at strong safety. They already have Casey, Casey Hayward. They already have Jason Brett. They have all these guys, and they got better. They have Joey Bosa. They have Melvin Ingram. Everything is set up for the Chargers to win, like, 12 games. No, 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 no. No, what's got to happen is the Chargers got to tank for one more year. Oh, my God. They got to tank for one more year so they can draft Nick Bosa. And then, <laughs> sure. and then they could have, like, the sickest secondary and the Bosa brothers. They already have the sickest right, secondary. Right, but then and the Bosa brothers. Mm. and then we're and then we're all just closet chargers fans i think i am a closet Chargers. i mean same 
powder blue powder blue I'm just mad. they disappoint me so much like last year was incredibly frustrating and i hated that they were left out of the playoffs and we got the bills instead um but i don't know i can already see it i feel like of i think philip rivers philip rivers entire career can be summed up in you're watching a one o'clock game and mm-hmm. your one o'clock game ends right around 350 and then they take you to a bonus coverage game of San Diego versus somebody and Philip Rivers has the ball needing to go down the field for a couple. I feel like that's that's Philip Rivers' entire career is that. Okay. We now welcome you, those of you who are joining us who are watching the Buccaneers Panthers game in for a bonus <laughs> like it's Chargers I like Giants game or something. Chargers have the ball, they're down three. I feel like that is Philip Rivers' entire career. As someone who lives on the East Coast, that's Philip Rivers' entire career for me. I love Pip. Yeah. I hope it I hope it all works out for him this year. Um yeah. Who do you think had the worst draft? Raiders, no question. Uh, the, oh yeah. So the Raiders, so right? the Raiders had a terrible draft. The Pittsburgh Steelers also had a god awful draft. Okay. The Steelers drafted a fourth like a, a fourth round graded safety at number twenty eight overall. Then they picked a wide receiver quarterback duo back to back that was successful in the big 12 and i hate the big 12 um chuckle core form is a good offensive tackle with good size but also plays soft so they picked a soft offensive lineman and then they picked only a box safety in marcus allen in the fifth round who they need a deep safety i just like i don't understand the steelers draft at all i just we even talked about the bucks draft and you're more familiar with them do you think they took enough uh defensive line the bucks They've yeah. they had enough turnover in free agency to where yeah they really only needed. Wait a second, can we um as the Atlanta sure. resident and your Tampa yeah. Bay stuff, we can we make some sort of deal where you send over one of the defensive linemen to Atlanta because the Falcons are down to let's see yes exactly one defensive tackle on the roster. Uh yeah and, we will uh, that was not yeah addressed. we will give you uh Mitch on Ryan for Tevin Coleman okay deal. What I mean okay. What about Freeman and his contract? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, but you, uh, are you sure? Yep. I thought about it. Okay. <laughs> thought about it. Yep. Sure. <laughs> Freeman's the second highest paid running back in the NFL right now. I'm a pass. Yeah. I was, uh, pretty adamantly opposed to the Freeman contract. I mean, I get that he, like, he should have done everything. How was the Falcons did. draft in your opinion? Not good. I liked it. I thought it was fine. Why? I don't... I, I don't okay, so Isaiah Oliver, like, if you're going to take... Josh Jackson was on the board in round one. I don't know why... Like, Josh Jackson is going to be so good in Green Bay for the next 10 years. Him and Jair Alexander just absolutely shut down corners. Like, super athletic. They already go to... Um, what's his name? Kenny, is it Kenny King? Who was the other corner? Kevin there? King. So, Justin King? Kevin mm-hmm. King. And... um. It's just gonna be awesome. Like those three, and then they have Tremont Williams to help uh, as a veteran presence. Like it's just gonna all work. The Falcons, they already have Alfred and Trufant. They have Brian Poole, who's a really good slot corner. Like I get all of that, but at the same time, I just if you're not gonna t- take a defensive tackle, at least go corner and just add another because I really don't think you can have enough corners in today's NFL. And then you kind of had the Ricardo Allen thing, where it's like I don't know how much longer he's gonna be in the roster. So do you reach on a safety? Do you go up to like Edmonds or something? I don't know. You know what you don't do? Take a wide receiver. 
I don't care about the connection with him and Sark. I don't care about the Julio stuff. Like this offense was not like I, I did not watch the Falcons last year and go, they need one more big time receiver. That's what this team needs. No, it's just more defensive help. That's what they needed. If you're not going to go defensive tackle, you should have gone corner or something. Like I just, I did not like it. Like to take Isaiah Oliver in the second round, I didn't really love. Um, DeAndre Sinnott. I mean, he's a USF guy. I don't know how familiar uh-huh. you are with him. I mean, I guess he's no. Okay. He's good. Is he okay? He is exactly what the Falcons okay. need. All right. He's a bolt. He's a bowling ball. He's a bowling ball nose round. tackle. Edo Smith has a really cool yep. name. No, he's good. He is sure i don't know i just feel like best case scenario for um ridley is he's like nelson aguilar um uh, I mean, no cool? he'll be better he'll or be worse? more effective than that okay. he'll be, he'll be more... i mean aguilar is really good no now. calvin ridley because the thing about calvin ridley is i think they're gonna put calvin ridley as a slot receiver and like that's like not a slight to calvin ridley like he's really no. great with footwork and starting and stopping on a dime and i think that he Great route like, runner. With Gabriel no longer on the team, like I think that the type of route runner that you have with Calvin Ridley is going to be really good for this offense. Um, and I think I, Isaiah Oliver, where I totally see your point, like, hey, if corner was a bigger need, you could have taken Josh Jackson round one. That's fine. I see that. But like when I look at the class as a whole, now that it's said and done, and I look at the positions and the types of guys that they brought in, I like it. I like the class. I think it was fine. Okay. Um, you could have prioritized positions a little bit differently, sure, but you can do that in every draft, I think. Um, and that's why you know we don't always get to pick in a vacuum. And like, let's say that they did take Josh Jackson in the first round, there might not have mm-hmm. been the guys that they wanted at the other positions that they were also able to upgrade throughout this class. And so, like, I don't really know. It depends. Like. That's like fair. I said, the draft is really interesting, like looking back. But unfortunately, I always tell people it's a fun exercise, but we can't draft in a vacuum. You know, like we get to come up with mock drafts in April and I get to just put whatever names I want in there for the hell of it because I don't have any consequences with it. And I don't have 31 other teams for the next 31 picks in front of me stealing guys that I might like. It's just an exercise. And so that's why sometimes mock drafts can look really good. You think, oh, we could have got this guy here, blah, blah, blah. But one pick here or there changes the landscape of things and kind of starts a domino effect. So you got to remember that I guess you can't really, and I'm not just saying like you isn't you, but just like as an overall thing, uh, the draft doesn't come in a vacuum as much as we want to. And so a lot of times you got to wait for the full weekend to be done and all the picks to be in to really look at a class and be like, okay, I can see it. It worked out good. They, they did what they needed. And that's why I think the, the Falcons did what they needed to do. We'll see. I mean, Steve Sarkeesian is still the offensive that's coordinator. True. Greg true. The they did not draft so, a new offensive coordinator. So why not? Oh, how about you still have Dirk Cutter, right? Uh, yeah. What if you gave us back Dirk Cutter? Wait, you, you want Dirk Cutter back? Oh, I would take him over Sarkeesian. Oh, right wow. Now, okay. Sure. Well, uh, yeah, uh, to this. You know how I feel about Dirk Cutter as the head coach, but as an offensive coordinator, I mean, I, I don't think it, it's hard. His to best stint was in Atlanta, so. But he yeah. also had the most talent in Atlanta, so I guess well. Yeah. Mm. So, what did you think about the Bucks draft as a whole? Uh, I actually, I actually like the Bucks draft. Um, again, it's okay. it, this is a situation where. Like Derwin James was a higher rated player for me. So I like I logically would have rather had them take Derwin James at 12 than Vita Vea. But yeah, when I when I look at all the picks, the way that the draft played out, 
it's still a solid class. And that's another thing about the draft that I try to tell people because there was a big when the Bucks took MJ Stewart in round two. Isaiah Oliver was still on the board, and Bucks fans were clamoring for Isaiah Oliver to be the pick. He wasn't the pick. Now, here's the thing, though. MJ Stewart's still a fine cornerback. He's still a fine pick for where he was picked, and that's okay. Even though you wanted Oliver, that doesn't make MJ Stewart a zero. You know what I'm saying? It's not like because they didn't pick the guy that you wanted, the guy that they did pick is trash. There's like he's a, like I said, like he's a zero in a grade scale. No, that's not how it yeah. works. They just might not have gotten the guy that you exactly wanted. And so instead, could it be because that UNC just has a terrible defense? So MJ Stewart's like just a fall guy for that. Well, I mean, or no? MJ Stewart was also at the Senior Bowl, and like all the coaching staff elected him the defensive player of the week because he was playing so well and these are NFL coaches, you know? And so when I look at the class as a whole, now you've got Vita Vea, who is obviously your compliment, Gerald McCoy, a guy that you need at his nose tackle and hopefully bring some athleticism yep. to it. Ronald Jones, who is the perfect compliment to Love a guy like Pete Barber. If you want to keep him in the rotation, which you should, because like you said earlier in the show, you need a deep running back rotation. MJ Stewart and Carlton mm-hmm. Davis, they base their games off of being physical and physicality, something that, is not a Bucks narrative of how they pick their cornerbacks, which was great because they've needed a guy like that for years and finally pulled the trigger. Cap is a scrappy small school guy, and Jordan Whitehead's a hyper-athletic safety who you're taking a risk on. So, I mean, Justin Watson's another athletic dude who's just going to be a really good football player at the bottom of your roster, and the same thing with Jack Sitchie. So when I look at this draft class for the Buccaneers from top to bottom, um, there might have been a couple of names I would have rather picked here and there, but... Again, I don't have the luxury of doing that in a vacuum. And so in real time, looking at this is the draft that they picked in real time overdraft weekend. I think it's a really good draft. I think it's a B at worst. And I think it could be anything from an A minus, you know, up to an A minus for, for what these guys want to do. I would agree. I like the Bucks and the Panthers draft. I think both uh, swung hard in the first four rounds. Like I love DJ Moore and Carolina. I don't know if I, I think DJ Moore was good as... for Carolina. Steve Smith, I think, was a fan. Um, I mean, I DJ Moore is kind of DJ Moore is Steve Smith ish. So, oh, I was being sarcastic. Like he was losing his mind in the NFL network over it. Like he was, oh, it was a bad pick. It. No, because he loved it. It was like, a, the, like he loved DJ Moore going to Carolina. Like, Steve oh, Smith well, no, no, that, no that, that pick. that's what I'm saying is that like DJ Moore has a lot of Steve Smith in his game. Yeah. And I think that's why like he loved him, but it was pretty great. Um, Dante Jackson just feels like a guy who's going to be really good for them. Um, they added the Rashawn Golden, Marquise Haynes. Like, I feel like they just, maybe this is just the Greg Hardy thing, but um, they just at draft. I like, I just trust them to develop these edge guys and uh, defensive linemen. So I don't know. I like what they did early on. I don't know about the, like Jermaine Carter, Andre Smith, those guys we'll see, but I think DJ Moore is a huge thing for cam and that offense. They needed someone like him bad. Like it was, Funches and just like they were starting what was that five foot four like what was that something bird who then got hurt and they needed him in the playoff game against the saints and he um plagues and he got injured the last week of the season or something kevin bird they were down to like their 17th um wide receiver like it was it was bad so it was good um i don't love i think the thing that was universally panned was the saints trading up for davenport which is awful Bold move. Bold move, Cotton. We'll see if it pays off for him. <laughs> yeah, I uh I would I not know. have taken I mean, Davenport. Be really good. I would not have taken Davenport with one first round pick at number fourteen, let alone two first round picks at number fourteen. 
Because that's what it is. They traded another. They traded their first round pick next year to go get him. Yeah, I didn't love what the Saints did at all. Are we back on Jeff Ireland's actually bad island, or where are we at with the Ireland? Oh, I don't know. What do What do you think about him? I mean, it's fine. I think it's weird though that that just like came into the, um, the conversation. And among NFL circles where it was just like Mickey Loomis was the GM and then people were like well it's Ireland making the picks now and that's why they're drafting better and it's like wait what Jeff Ireland the guy from Miami for years he's the guy <laughs> turning around the Saints draft what's happening in this world gotta um, be a different sure. gotta be a yeah. different guy yeah we're talking about the same Jeff Ireland right um yeah I don't, I, apparently it worked out there but um yeah I think overall like it didn't feel like any team just really just royally messed up this draft other than the Raiders. But then again, they did take Maurice Hurst in the fifth round and PFF had him as like their number three overall player. So maybe Look, that's man, like a huge hit. The Raiders they took a punter in the fifth round too. So, uh, cool, excuse but, you, um, excuse you, Johnny Townsend's <laughs> the best punter in the draft. Go Gators. Perfect. Uh-huh. Johnny I mean, Townsend. It, John, Johnny Townsend actually is a badass punter. <laughs> But I mean, the, the the top half of the draft is absolutely that trash. People weren't happy about it. Yeah, Arden Key, huge question That's mark. Trash. Not sure about that. Um, I don't know, man. And now there's like the rumors of Bruce Allen leaving Washington to reunite with Gruden in Oakland and all this stuff. It's so weird. I really don't know what to think of this Raiders team and where they're going. It's either going to be a colossal disaster or Gruden's going to look like a genius. And I'm leaning toward the former. But at least they only have nine years left in that deal. <laughs> Look, I, did you see the, the report this down morning? Counting down the days. Did you see the what? report this morning that was like, it, it was from a tweet that has since been deleted, but it was that like Reggie McKenzie mm-hmm. had one draft board and Gruden had another and they like came together and tried to like find a middle ground for every pick. Did you see that? Well, that sounds that sounds like some Cleveland Browns 2006. Okay, stuff. well, that was the thing. And I, I quote tweeted it and I said, look, you're paying your coach $100 million. What did you think was going <laughs> to yeah. happen? There's not, mm-hmm. even, there's, not, there's not even a power struggle on the side that you think there is. There's not a power struggle because Gruden has the power. Now, Trevor, Reggie yes. McKenzie worked with John Gruden in Green Bay 27,000 years ago. So they're on the same page. They can dig up foxholes together. I don't care. Their yeah. draft still sucked. You're as harsh about this draft as I am on like the Bears future. <laughs> it's just bad, man. There's no other way around it. Oh my god. Um, I think we can all agree though that Josh Allen to the Bills was the worst pick of the draft. Uh, yeah. Him or Davenport? Because it's just gonna like it's because the Saints are gonna be good at least for the next two years, and uh, who knows what he's gonna be like. I I hope he's not Deion Deion Jordan for uh. Saints fans sake but um, you never know I guess and that would not surprise me at all but uh, I don't know I feel bad for the Bills because they're going to have to really rely on this guy and if it doesn't work out it's just going to be another tough like decade for the Bills and they just got back to the playoffs I would have rather they just stuck it out with Tyrod but no it's it's their fault for trying to bench Tyrod twice for a guy who's not nearly as good as Tyrod or maybe AJ McCarron is the savior did Jim McCarron play for them? <laughs> he is the starting quarterback as of this moment. Wow. 
I guess I didn't realize that. Maybe John Allen won't play. Oh, no, he's playing. Like, that dude, A.J. McCarron, I don't think so in the world. Uh, oh, God. Dude, and their massive. wide receiving core. Zay Jones? Get excited. Austin I mean, I kinda, Prohl? Yeah, Ray okay. Ray McLeod? No. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, hey, I kind of like Zay Jones. And then you kept going. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm out. Charles Clay, when he stays in the field? Charles Clay's oh, got to be like 38, right? I mean, he's who's been on more teams? Charles Clay or um, what's it? Uh, Jared Cook. Uh, Jared Cook, but that's a good question. It's probably Jared Cook. Jared yeah. Cook is just going to be around for... Well, then again, you know, Vernon Davis, one of my favorite stories last year, I had him on my bench for fantasy for weeks, and it was because he was my backup to Jordan Reed, and I kept starting Jordan Reed over him as an idiot, and this is why I hate fantasy football part 73, but... Vernon Davis was like weirdly awesome for the Redskins last year. And I can't believe that he had this career resurgence there, but I hope it continues because that dude's a tank. And it's kind of funny to me that he's just an awesome tight end again. Vernon Davis is still the most athletic. Vernon Davis is still the most athletic tight end of all time. This side of Mike Gusecki. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Antonio Gates still exists. Uh, Mike Gusecki looks down at them from his mountaintop anyways. (laughs) Or Gronk, depending on what Mike Gusecki, the stupidest like. combine I've ever seen in my life. Okay. You ever watch it? Okay. You're talking do you know about the, right now? Do, you know the, do you know the website Mock Draftable? You've been there? You seen that? Mm-mm. Nope. Mock Draftable is a website where like you can go and it has the combine information for every prospect for the last like who knows how many years. And mm-hmm. what it does is it breaks it up in almost like a like a spider graph. So like you can it's a good visual way to see who performs really well versus like a percentile of those who are in the NFL. Mike Gusecki's spider graph is the most complete looking circle I've ever seen in my life. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. The numbers that he put up at the combine. And I have no idea how he's going to do in the dolphins because he simply cannot block. So he's just a slot dude. Perfect. Well, he's going to save I mean, the there. Dolphins, another team that people loved, by the way, their draft. A lot of people uh, draft. Hold on. Let me look at the Dolphins. I got to look it up. Uh, Patrick. Minka Gusecki, Jerome Baker, eh, Durham Smythe, eh, Kalen Balaj, eh. It's okay. It's okay. I like the Minka Fitzpatrick pick. I think they really needed a DB, so that's good for them. Um, I think yeah, they, they much. Really they would have much year. rather had Denzel Ward, but, I mean, that's fine. Most teams would. And I mean, they still have Ryan Tannehill. Jerome Baker. Jerome Baker's not a really good pick for the Dolphins because he's a smaller, faster linebacker who could probably only play as a will linebacker. And yet, Kiko Alonso can kind of only play middle or will linebacker. And they already have Raekwon McMillan, who I thought was going to play middle linebacker. So now they just have like three will slash middle linebackers. So unless they truly plan on playing in nickel 100% of the time, I don't know who's going to play Sam for them. I guess McMillan, but that was it. I, that, hmm. that Jerome Baker pick was a weird one to me because he can only play will. He's not big enough to play any other spots. Any final draft thoughts before we get out of here? Um, don't sign Gruden to a 10-year contract. Hey, you almost were in that life, man. Oh, dude, I know. I know. And I was like, Kate, you were it. almost I thought it was the there. right move. thought it was the right move. But I will be, I'll be honest. 
giving a coach a 10-year contract is never the right move under any well, circumstances. 100%. Not even Belichick. But, I wouldn't even give Belichick that. I think the Bucks GM Jason Light would have had a lot more control over the draft itself than Gruden would have, even if he would have come here. And I think that is ultimately to be fair, some of- he has bigger concerns because he has Twitter guys going at him now. So Yeah, man, that was weird. That was weird. That's a don't, weird story. I was don't be an idiot on Twitter, folks. Dude, what? okay, so they're, the lead in this story, I, I wish I still had it open, but it was just like they had the Twitter account and like what he was actually saying, and it looks so weird in like an official article of just this Twitter trolls stuff. Like, yeah, it, really bizarre story. Yeah. Friend of the yeah, pod, I, Jason Light, uh, leave him alone. <laughs> or at least, you know, don't do death threats to him. You know? I think he's good. We like Jason Light, right? Oh, I like Jason. I think Jason's a good GM. I really do. I think yeah, I think for the early parts of Jason Light's tenure, a good amount of the failure that he had, he really did not know what it was like to be an NFL GM. I thought early on in his career, they, you know, because they hired Lovey Smith before they hired Jason Light. So that never happens. You always hire the GM before the head coach. Well, it didn't work out like that. They hired Lovey Smith, and then Lovey Smith was the one who picked Jason Light. So now it's like, okay, well, I'm your boss, but not really because you picked me and you've been in the NFL for a long time and you understand what it's like to win and I'm just a new GM, so I'm going to take the players you want. Oh, wow, your philosophy and your draft strategies really suck butt, so we're going to lose a bunch of games. Now you're fired. Then Jason Light takes over with his in 2016, and you know from what we heard, he, listened to tr- he tried to listen to too many people around him, and now for the last two drafts, I think 2017, 2018, we've kind of been told, hey, he is gotten back to his roots, how he came up the ladder in the NFL and the front offices as a former director of scouting. Um, and he's the one calling all the shots, all of the draft shots from 2017 to 2018. I think they've been two really good classes. And so I like Jason. Um, I hope he has success here, obviously, because it'll be a lot of fun for me to cover. And he gets to hire John Filippo away from the Vikings next offseason. Oh, so that'd be fun. That would be fun. I mean, Cutter's not making it out after this year, right? Like, I, I, he has a job because he they have to make beat the Saints. They have to make the playoffs in order for Cutter to stick around, and that's ske- not. But continue. that schedule is so rough. <laughs> it's so yeah. bad, dude. The NFC as a whole is too rough. Like, I just don't. I don't see I a know, path. But like that, like the Bucks schedule in general, it's it starts off on the road at New Orleans. Then their home opener is against the Eagles. And then the following week, it's Monday Night Football against the Steelers. Then they go, then they host Chicago, who, again, we talked about Chicago as could just be a surprise team where if you sleep on them, they could beat you. Then it's a bye week. Then it's at Atlanta. That's how they start the dang season. Yeah, not great. That's awful. Hmm. They could Are legit, they at least going to follow legit. the Dolphins and the Jaguars lead and change their uniforms this offseason? They could. <laughs> they could legit be a good football team, the Bucs could, and start the season two and three, or even one and four, and be a good football team. I was going to say two and three is pretty generous with that. Yeah. Uh, they could be a good football team and start the season one and four, maybe end the season eight and eight or something, because they obviously get a little bit of an easier schedule down the stretch. But like, they could be a good football team and start one and four, because it's that, that, is, that is so rough. Is it, if they get start off one and four, is Jameis under like potential... Nah, they're not. They're um, not losing moving. job. Losing his job. Watch. No. 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 It's not gonna happen. One people. Seven. People. People kind of like the. What did you say? 
one and seven. <sighs> one eight. <laughs> Two and ten. They got nobody else in the roster, man. Like Ryan Tan like Brian is the backup right now. Brian Fitzpatrick. Oh my god. Right. There is there is no moving on from Jameis Winston. There is no backup. There is nobody hanging in the wings. There is there is no option to go to. This wait, is James. Wait, wait, wait. Are we sure Jameis is better than Ryan Fitzpatrick? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm making so many Bucks fans do. Um. Yeah. Uh. Not great. They're just not making the playoffs, and Dirk Cutter will be working somewhere else next year. But you get John DiFilippo. He's got the tan. He's ready to go. He's ready for Florida weather. Come in there with a new uniform change. Let's get rid of the logo that like stretches onto the face mask and everything else. Let's go the super clean route like the Dolphins and the uh, Jaguars did this offseason and uh, go through a full overhaul. Let Jason Light get his own coach in there again. And we'll pretend that he did not hire Dirt Cutter. Maybe. Might happen. There's a 100% chance Mike Smith's the coach at some point this year. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I'm not getting, I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> uh, don't get fired, Trevor. Um, all right, man. Well, this was awesome. Glad we were able to do this and catch up and uh, talk about the draft and how amazing everybody did. It's always good to hear that the NFL did a great job this year in the NFL. No, no it's good, man. I, uh, I always enjoy coming on this podcast. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. All right, man. Well, we can find you on Twitter at Tampa Bay Trey. We can read you at thegreatpeterreport.com and we can get all of your hairstyle updates on your Twitter account as well, I believe. Yep. This, these are these are all facts that you just said. What is your current hairstyle? And then we'll go. Um, well, as, yesterday I had it like fully braided. Like, okay. Braided. Into, I imagine it hurts. It doesn't. It really doesn't. I mean, like it's okay. tight when it gets it's tight when it gets done, but like you you get completely used to it within like two minutes, and then it's fine. Like I don't get headaches or anything. Really? Yep. Okay. Maybe I'll break. Like I can keep like I can keep my hair in like four joke. or five different braids, like going like zigzag and whatever for like five days, and it's fine. Huh? It's a lot of work, man. How long does it take to braid your hair? Uh. Like 30, 45 minutes that on this podcast. 30, 45 minutes. <laughs> do I don't yourself? do it. I don't do it myself. Who's braiding your do... hair every day? No, nobody braids my hair every day. It's anytime I go like go to get a haircut. The girl that gives okay. me a fade, um, she braids my hair. Okay. 30 or so, 40 minutes though. Yeah. No, sometimes. And I had a really intricate one that I did mm-hmm. two weeks ago um that okay. took like an hour and a half and i'll do that next time and oh I'll, my I'll god and you'll know what i'm you'll know what i'm talking about oh my god fantastic all right man well um good luck with that and i'm excited to see what the next braid looks like and <laughs> you know just to see <laughs> how the bucks do this off season uh trevor let's talk again soon and uh yeah i think uh, i think that's it yeah man sounds good thanks trevor And that'll do it for today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. I just want to remind you guys, if you like today's episode and you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, I would really appreciate it if you could take a second, leave the show a five-star rating and a review. If uh, you're not an Apple Podcast listener, remember you can find the show on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, Be sure to check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can 
access all of my previous episodes and also find all my writing. I'm writing there fairly often. And also follow me on Twitter at Chase underscore Thomas and like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. Uh, thank you for your support and we'll be back with another episode very soon. Thanks, guys.